1: Go ahead and share tonight's episode with someone, with a friend. And if you're driving in your car, let someone know where they can hear TMG. It's time for a new episode of TMG. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TMG. I'm your host, Travis Patton, Sr., I enjoy discovering and sharing real-life moments of inspiration from everyday people. And this show is about finding moments of inspiration for our everyday lives. And look, and if you're going to tell me something, then tell me something good. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of TMG I'm your host, Travis Patton, Senior. Hey, guys! Real quick, you know how we do it. Don't forget to visit our YouTube page. That's coming something good with the capital T. There it is, right there on your screen. And as always, I want to give a huge shout out to my biggest supporter, my biggest fan, my lovely wife, Nicole. Hey, girl, how you doing? I know you're watching. I know you're listening. Guys, listen, I say this all the time, and I mean it. In a very short time, this show has really taken off. And it's being heard in places all around the globe. Yeah, it's being heard in places like China and Japan and places like Portugal. I'm so excited that you get to hear this show wherever you are. Now, I know this is somebody's first time tuning in, your very first time hearing this show, if this is your very first time tuning in. I'm so glad that you're joining the show, and maybe you say, Travis, man, I've been listening to this show ever since you've been on. Thank you so much for your continued support. I'm glad that you're here. Can't you tell I'm excited, man? Listen, guys, as you know, this show is all about finding moments of inspiration in our everyday lives, like with you and with me. So if you have an inspiring story that you would like to tell and maybe come on the air, guys, please drop us an email. That's T-E-L-L, me something, 21, at gmail.com. And maybe you said, Travis, I know someone that has an inspiring story, but I don't want to come on the air. I'm a counter shot. That's okay, man. You don't have to come on. Drop us an email anyhow. T-E-L-L, me something. 21 at gmail.com. And you can even remain anonymous if you like. Guys, tonight's episode is going to be really, really good. Guys, listen, I'm going to get something out of the way really quick. I'm going to play some quick information from one of our quick sponsors, guys. Then we're going to come back. We're going to dive into the show because it's going to be good, guys. I'm telling you. Walmart is a proud associate sponsor of TMG Tell Me Something Good podcast. Please use the special link, bit.ly forward slash tell me something good and visit our sponsor. Remember, I may earn a commission when you buy through this link. There it is, guys, tonight's episode. If you did not get a chance to catch it, it's called Stitched. Yeah, and I know you're wondering where in the world I'm going with this, guys. I'm going to bring in our guests in a few minutes, and you're going to find out exactly where we're going. The divide between people can be wide. I mean, absolutely wide. Differences of all kind uh, because of our hair color, our backgrounds, where we go from generational differences sometimes can be the largest gap Man, the divide between people and individuals can be very wide, and the divide between generations can bend even wider. So how do we bridge the gap and move ahead? With a good pair of jeans. Yeah, that's right, that's how we do it. While looking to find a way for women of her generation to feel comfortable in their own skin, our special guest stitched together A way that generations of women can feel empowered, feel confident, and look great doing it. Many around the world know her as the Jean Queen, Diane Gilman. She is also a dynamic author and a dynamic speaker, a women's advocate for all generations. Let's give a huge T-M-G welcome for Diane Gilman. What's up, Diane? How you doing? Whoa,
2: Travis, you are incredibly <laughs> up and ready to go. Yeah, it's me, the queen of jeans. Formally, formally, formally. formally. Yeah, I know, right? I
1: know, right? You are. <laughs> but man, I tell you what, Diane, uh, we are so glad that you're a part of the show. Thank you so much for being Look, she says, I'm up. Guys, you don't know. Uh, When Diane and I were talking before the show, don't let her calm demeanor fool you, guys. This lady is a fireball. (laughs) She has lots of energy. She is nowhere near tuning down or turning down. Her energy is up and going. (laughs) Don't, Don't get fooled by the gray hair. I'm telling you don't do it don't do it man <laughs> <laughs> she'll pull the wool of your eyes guys she is amazing her energy level is up there and I'm so glad that you're here uh Diane thank you so much for joining the show we are happy to have you here <laughs> a pleasure man uh Diane I'm gonna dive into this because this is gonna be good now listen And and, and listen, thank you, everybody, for joining in. Thank you, everybody, for streaming, for being here. Thursday night is where it is, right here with TMG. So thank you, everybody. Diane, I got to ask this. There's so many things going through my mind, but... Uh, yo, so it's wonderful that you're here with us, right? And I'm excited as you can see. And I don't want to assume anything, I don't want to assume anything else, anything about anybody. So please, if you will, let everyone know what it is that you do now or formerly did. Well, you know, I was in fashion forever,
2: and by accident. <laughs> I was in a lawsuit and lost my name on my label. I got into oh no. tele retailing. Turned okay. out to be the best thing that ever happened. Sometimes the worst thing can actually be masquerading and it is the best thing. So I learned a second skill beyond design and that was communication. Oh, okay. And I was on for 30 years in between wow. I'm 78 now, so so it's hard to believe, but six years ago I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Mm. Thank you. Right. Wow,
1: wow. Lucky wow. me.
2: But that turned out to be an incredible opportunity to discover myself, to change. And to prepare myself for what I like to call, for all of us, our third act, oh. which means, to me, my life is a Broadway play, full of drama, full of color, full of costume, third act, everything comes together, everything's explained, the great song is sung, the song that you float out of the theater coming for the rest of your life, right? The the love story comes to that tragic end or that romantic end. So after 30 years on air,
1: Uh
2: the thrill was gone. (laughs) And even though I could have stayed forever and be number one, I asked myself some questions. And I said, what were you in your youth? And it was adventuresome. Risk taker.
1: Right, right.
2: seeker. But most importantly, someone who wanted to make the most out of every moment of their life. Exactly. And then I asked myself, are you still doing that? And the answer was, no. Mm. And I thought to myself, okay, I can't. I, I, I sold my company. I sold my name for a label, right? A right? Lot, lot of people do that. And then I said, okay, I can't design anymore. That was sort of my first love. But I do love that camera, and I do love that <laughs> communication. And my cell was always very different
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. than
2: other people on air. It was always more emotional. It right. was always more about gathering women around me and forming a sisterhood. I used to actually drive the television
1: studio (laughs) crazy. I I can imagine.
2: (laughs) So I thought, okay, well, why can't I transfer those skills to something new, where I'm learning every day and meeting new people every day and, and building a broader audience? And I thought, why don't you try maybe being on social media? And I, But I didn't know anything <laughs> about it. Didn't know how. And um, I went ahead and left television in December. And I thought, oh, my God. What I'm I not, not going to have anything to do for the rest of my life. What did I do? And within five weeks, somebody offered me my own <laughs> weekly podcast. And I <laughs> never looked back. And I realized there's been many signposts since then along the way saying you did the right thing. So I decided that I wanted a female-oriented podcast for my generation. But it turns out we have a much younger audience, too, who want to learn how to age successfully, gracefully, productively. And I try to bring every single issue to light. Um, we'll do double podcasts in October because I'm a breast cancer survivor. Awesome. So half of the podcast, thank you. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Nobody could be happier than me. I you. know,
1: right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Half the podcast will be about breast cancer and personal stories and advances and Points of view, and the other half will be what we always do, which is after 55, especially as a female, mm-hmm. you have no guideposts, you have no wow. icons, you have no images on TV except old sick people taking some drug <laughs> that has like some a medicine, right? Side effects. God. So um, I want literally. To change the pace of aging. And it. that is a big task, but I'm yep. not alone in this. And, you know, there's there's going to be a huge movement because to tell you the truth, Travis, uh-huh. six, if you're going to turn 65, 20,000 people a day in America turn 65. Wow. 80% of women over we 65 was- will live out mostly the remainder of their lives alone. We That's incredible. We have no information. We mm. have no storytellers. We have mm. no guideposts. And so you're sort of in this hostile um, foreign land, and that is ridiculous. We're, Absolutely. We're the, we are the majority of America, but we are like the silent majority because we don't know how To use our voices. So, hopefully, I'm there with a few others and we will be the pioneers.
1: Guys, listen, I told you (laughs) don't let the hair fool you. I told you. I know you're listening right now. I know you're watching, but I told you don't (laughs) let the hair fool you. Hey, I like my hair.
2: Listen, listen, six years ago, I had no hair. Well, look at me.
1: (laughs) look at me (laughs) guys I told you Diane's message is incredible the story that she has is amazing 20,000 people each day turn 65 yep yep and we don't we,
2: we don't we're never told we deserve anything
1: except to take another drug that part right there that part, right and, and what's amazing diane you, you said that the generation of people who who getting at becoming the age don't have adequate representation at all they don't have an adequate role model or something they could aspire to unless oh what drug are you taking out what drug did your doctor give you uh-huh. are you it's are so you on this pill and that's wrong. the only thing I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was young, even when I was younger, the only thing I can remember seeing about older individuals or age people that were had age uh, on TV, they were in rocking chairs. They didn't yeah. move very much. Uh, yeah. They were oh, that's just grandma and grandpa sitting over in the corner. Uh, and if they did anything outside of that, they were called crazy. They were called lunatics. Yeah, just because they were and they were they weren't called crazy lunatics because they were doing something out of the ordinary is because they decided to continue to live you because know, they decided to live again.
2: I think that we are going to have to be paid attention to in a different way. I, for one, I'm 78. I don't take one drug and the doctors push drugs on you all the time. Oh, eat whatever you want. So in other words, eat total junk and take Ozempic <laughs> and lose weight or eat total junk and take a statin and your chances of getting a heart attack will drop but what they don't tell you is your chances of getting diabetes will skyrocket up and your body won't get the nutrition it needs and so I'm very I think that it's it is also my curiosity you know mm-hmm. I did not develop the baby boomer gene, until everybody else in my industry was basically <laughs> dead or retired I know, or right? bankrupt <laughs> or walked away. I was 60 when I had my greatest hit. And the only other designer I can equate that to is Coco Chanel, who um. actually amazingly designed the Chanel suit at the age of 72. Whoa.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So she was in exile for years because she uh, had a a boyfriend who was in the SS and was very close and high up to Hitler. And so she was banned, really exiled from France for 20, 25 years. Came back, designed the Chanel suit. So that was the only role model I had to follow when I had my big, Big light bulb moment in fashion, and I can't think of anybody else who's a contemporary of mine who hung in as long as I did, cared wow. as much as I did, or absolutely focused on our generation, who I call the forgotten women, because you know I had to knock on a million doors to get anybody to listen to me. About I can imagine. I can imagine. I had. A middle aged partner, a male,
1: 55,
2: Uh very overweight, right? Not attractive. Uh, And when I said, wait,
1: wait, hang on. Wait, hold on. No, no. You're not going to run past that. Okay. And when I brought
2: the idea to him of doing a middle aged gene, he Uh said, and I quote, Who the hell wants to see old fat chicks in a tight bottom? Are you and serious? I thought I'll bet you millions of fat chicks want to see themselves in it. <laughs> I exactly. And yeah, nobody would listen to me. Nobody saw a market for it, and yet the customer who didn't even know they wanted it or could wanted expect it. it went crazy when they got it, and it was international. It went. I went all over Europe and Australia and Canada and everywhere you went, women ain't the same. You know, hormones are the same, wow. and the genes change their lives. When I left and sold my company and my name, they didn't want to do.
0: They just wow. wanted
2: my name. They didn't want to do middle-aged genes anymore. No, there is. It is unbelievable.
1: So incredible.
2: You've got this tremendous market if you are an entrepreneur, a merchant, mm-hmm. and yet. Nobody respects it. No, I, hey, let me give you guys a clue. Our money is just as green as yours. I know,
1: right? 30, it's,
2: 40. Yeah. It spins the same. Yep. But go ahead. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm just going to say that for for anybody who's maybe aging out,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: in, let's say, corporate and you're in your 50s, and you see that you're not so valued anymore, you're not getting opportunities anymore, and you're thinking, I I hate this. I hate my life every day. I want to leave. My advice is always the same. Don't go back into an area like corporate that doesn't appreciate you. Exactly. There are so many single entrepreneurial practitioners out there around our age from 55 on. And you can make a life for yourself that is much more stress-free, much more appreciated, much more personalized exactly. and, and Far more productively satisfying, so I think that's going to be one of the big revolutions in America. Honestly, is you can't get rid of us, and there's (laughs) billions (laughs) of us over fifty-five. So you know what? We might as well all try to work together.
1: Because we're not going. You're not going anywhere. (laughs) You're Not, not going anywhere. Not now. No time soon. Not with 20,000 turning 65 every day. Yeah. There, n- uh, nobody's going anywhere. Yeah. Nowhere, Guys, I, I got to play this other spot for my sponsor, guys. We coming back. Don't you go nowhere. We coming back, guys. <laughs> Amazon. Amazon is the world's largest online retail store. Please use the special link bit.ly.com. Forward slash tell me something, A M Z N for Amazon. With Amazon, you can spend less and smile more. Please visit one of our online sponsors today. Guys, use one of the special links in our chat to visit one of our sponsors. Guys, I'm here with Diane Gilman and she is sharing some wonderful information. Guys, Diane, so we've been talking about really not designing clothes. We've really been talking about bridging generations. And redesigning and that's what I'm here. life.
2: Yeah. Redesigning life.
1: Truly. That's that's what I've heard that you've really been doing. Yeah, it may have come in the designing, in designing of clothes, but you've really been to redesigning people's lives and the way we think about people who are aging out because society is aging out. There is, a, there is a section of society that's aging out, and you are redesigning the way that we think about individuals. I know you are redesigning the way I think about that as well. There is somebody listening right now saying, you know what? She's right. I, I I can think a little differently. And someone right now, if you are in your fifties and sixties, and you're approaching your seventies and eighties, you can do more. Uh, this is not the, your your age is not the end. It is just another page. Uh, you you gotta understand that, that obviously. Now listen, I know I'm I'm not I'm I'm a little naive to some things, but obviously it takes some time to build the things that you were that you were talking about, like uh stitching things together. There may always be obstacles. You go try to stitch things together when you're a designer, there may be time that's obstacles, you know, you can't find the right fabric you want, always oh, obstacles. What are some of the most challenging obstacles that you had in your life mm-hmm. trying to trying to deliver the message that you're delivering? Trying you know, to deliver why? this message.
2: Why? My life was like, I should have been a mountain climber. My life was like climbing Mount Everest eight million times. So the, the first, and actually I'm terrified of heights. Um, the first obstacle was being born into a family. I was first generation American mm. and uh, I'm from, U- you know, my family is from Ukraine and um, they were not people that thought women should work. So I had massive resistance. I, from a child, from a toddler, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I don't know why. I don't know how. But it was my destiny. And they put up every obstacle and barrier they could. So, you know, I had to, at a certain point, actually run away from home. And um, find my own way in the world. I had like 25 cents in my pocket. So I did that. And then I went on and it was L.A. It was the 60s.
0: <laughs> I
2: opened up a boutique with a friend of mine, a woman named Rosanna Norton, who went on to become a famous costume designer um, for Steven Spielberg. Oh, wow. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And did uh, also um, for Brian De Palma. She did uh, the famous costumes for the original Carrie. She did all the Tron costumes. There's a really, uh, she did the costumes for um, one of my favorite underground movies, which is really like a cult movie today called Phantom of the Paradise. And she was outrageous. So we made all our own dresses. We Uh sold them all. We sold them for $10 a piece. And we opened a store called I'm a Hog for You, Baby, because we (laughs) thought that was the first rock and roll song ever recorded. And it was across the street from Cantor's Delicatessen, which was the very hip place... To be and have hearty attack food, you know, like corned beef and potato salad for all the stars. So one day a White Rolls pulls up, Sunny Bono gets out and he goes into canter. He wants a pastrami on rye. Oh my wait! Sheer, Sonny Bono? She yeah, she does not want that food, but she catches her <laughs> our, our, the the name. We painted a pig. Over the, a hog over the top of the door and we painted everything inside like neon yellow and neon red and <laughs> she comes in, looks around and I think they had just had their first big hit and the beat goes on so everybody knew who she was she was so beautiful and she walks out and screams across the street Sunny! <laughs> And they took every rack. They just took every dress. Every dress. And threw it in the back of the white Rolls Royce. And um, we couldn't, you know, we had to close the store for days. Because we... I know, right? Sew everything. But that got me started. And then I was always on the fringe of rock and roll. So I made... I made hand painted leathers for Rod Stewart, and I made hand painted and jeweled and ripped and patched denim for Janis Joplin and Grace Janis Joplin. Hick- yeah, and Gracie slick in the Jefferson Airplane and Jimi Hendrix. And Jim Morrison, because actually Rosanna's boyfriend was Jim Morrison of The Doors. Are you kidding me? No, and that was my life for a few years, and I became so comfortable. It was a party life. It was a rock and roll life. And at some point, I think I was about 25, I woke up one day and said, Honey, the party's over. You have got to get professional. Are you going to get serious about your career? You can't go on doing this for the rest of your life. And I had enough money to buy an airplane ticket to New York. I knew exactly one person. And I flew to New York for my destiny. Next set of blockades. Nobody knew me. My parents would never allow me to go to design school, so I had no diploma i knew i was talented but let me tell you what in industries that depend on talent they don't trust talent they can't see it they they don't trust talent until they can see
1: green until they can see some money behind it. it exactly
2: i got two jobs i worked in the daytime so depressing at uh, the girdle and bullet bra department of bloomingdale's that was before Madonna made bullet bra's famous and fashionable and in that I worked in Maxis Kansas City famous hangout for all the rock and roll stars.
0: save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for 129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And
2: you are Warhol. And in the meantime, I approached the fashion coordinator, Bloomingdale's, one day. so depressing. Oh who wanted to wear a girdle or sell one. And she listened to me. I said, I'm a designer and I've got a little collection and I want to show it to you. And and you know what? She loved it. And they gave me an order for $100,000. And I burst out in tears. I could see how annoyed she was. And she said, oh, come on, why are you crying? And I said, because (laughs) I'm so happy, but I can't produce as much. Do you know, at the time, and it was really the rise of fashion, fast fashion in America and department stores, they paid for everything. They funded me. Wow. They paid for the fabric. They paid for the labor. They paid for the boxes. They paid for the shipping. And they gave me every window of the store. And they gave me, two weeks in a row, double-trunk, centerfold ads, introducing me to the public and I was on my way um but I was always underfunded so that was just a constant and then Mm -hmm. my third giant obstacle was I signed this huge contract like 18,000 pages who who was in it right and um I did not get paid properly, which is an old mm. story between talent and suits. And I decided to sue them. Oh, my God, I was so stupid. And it went on and on and on. And I couldn't design or work while this lawsuit was going on. Well, right, one day, right. okay, so here's my third obstacle. I'm starving to death. I'm using up my life savings and I'm getting nowhere. One day, I get a phone call and it's, hi is this Diane Gilman? I said, yeah. I'm expecting the worst news. Like, oh, you lost the lawsuit. And she said, hi, I'm a talent scout from QVC. We would like to have you on air and designing your own collection for us. And I said, who is this? This is not funny. So I thought it was a joke. She said, no, no, no joke. Yeah, no, right? I said, well, I'm sorry, but I can't (laughs) do this. My name, and she said, I'll never forget it. Oh, no problem, we have other designers like you, we'll just call you <laughs> Diane. And so, through the very worst obstacle a horrible lawsuit backed by people who really had the money to have it go on
1: forever, right? Right,
2: I got to the place. I truly needed to be which was television, so now I formed my second skill. I developed the baby boomer gene I was forty eight when I went on air forty eight yeah, but that medium of television tele retailing q v c h s n loves older women, catered to them, so. Where it would be completely improbable to have your television debut at that age in another form of TV (laughs) was perfectly fine here. And then I went up and up and up and Uh introduced washable silk to America. So I was selling washable silk, doing it, designing it, finally settled the lawsuit. And then I became a widow Mm. and I made food my companion, and I blew up to 200 pounds.
1: I understand that. Oh,
2: my God. And I couldn't wear anything Mm. I wanted to wear, and I also didn't particularly love what I was designing. Um, I sort of, you know, I was really good at it, but designed it from a distance. Mm -hmm. Well, I figured out why I gained the weight, I lost most of the weight. And along the way, I said, I, I, I'm like 57 now, 58. Uh-huh. I said, uh-uh, I don't like this. I, I can't wear anything. I, I want to be a cool chick again. I was always <laughs> a cool girl, right? I was a blue jean baby. <laughs> so I went on a quest every weekend. I spent <clears throat> at least, I spent one day. Just going from store to store. Every category killer store for denim. Every department store. Every specialty store. Never found one thing that fit me. Because Mm. now, not only was I still kind of overweight, but I was also a middle-aged body. Hormones at play... Lots of fat, like a rubber tube around my middle. (laughs) So I thought, this is so goddamn stupid. Nobody (laughs) cares about me as a middle-aged woman, but I care. I went out and bought three yards of denim. I had Uh a whole sewing factory in Manhattan at the time. And I said, okay. We're going to take all my measurements, my waist, my stomach, my hips, my upper thigh, middle thigh, knee, calf. We're going to make me a pair of jeans. Change my life. People started treating me. It was hilarious. They started treating me like I was more intelligent, like (laughs) I was one of them, all my young assistants, like I was so hip, like I was... I wasn't a different person, but I realized how cathartic an iconic article of clothing that connects your youth to, mm. your, to your middle or old age can be. And I, we had just gotten a female CEO at the uh-huh. network, and she had been part of establishing ralph lauren with polo jeans so i knew she understood denim and she uh, she was the only one that gave me a chance i begged her and it shot up like a rocket
0: and so um
2: i got through i got through a whole wall of no's and who wants to see middle-aged women in jeans to the right person and yes and that was a complete life Revolution for me and actually millions of women today. It's been 14 years, 15 years. We've sold 21 million genes in Amazing. America, in America alone. We expanded because I thought women are the same everywhere. estrogens the same everywhere. So we went to I, I then went to the executives at um, QVC mm-hmm. and laid out my story and said, please give me a chance with the UK, so I flew to London, shot to number one. Then Düsseldorf, Germany, shot to number one. Then Milan, Italy, right, number one. Then they opened up Paris, France, was the number one apparel vendor there. Toronto, Canada, but all of Canada, number one. Australia, number one. So that was an amazing ride, and I always thought to myself, would this have been everybody else you knew who was a success in fashion was a success by the time they were 28, 30? Right. Because you age out in fashion the way you do in entertainment so quickly. Uh-huh. Um, would it have been sweeter if I had had this success sooner? And the answer was no. The Absolutely. answer was it, it's so good at any time. Just savor it. And it lasted a long time. And then um, Christmas Eve, I had to choose Christmas Eve, of 2017, Mm -hmm. I knew something was wrong with me. And I just put off dealing with it till I couldn't anymore. And um, my gyno sent me to get a sonogram. And the uh, prognosis was... Mm. Hopeless. Wow. It's everywhere. It's cancer. Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. And that's Christmas Eve, right? Christmas like, Eve. Come on.
1: The day so, everybody's supposed to be happy and celebrating and having fun. And everybody
2: was, yeah. except me. And I was in a total state of shock. But I called my guy back. And I said, they said it's hopeless. And he said, don't be ridiculous. Nothing's hopeless in 2017. Ooh. I'm hooking you up with the head breast cancer surgeon at Mount Sinai Hospital, which is the biggest hospital complex right. in New York and one of the biggest in the country. And you're going to love her and you're going to live. And I did love her, Dr. Alyssa Port. And I did live. And when I came out of it, I came out of it a person who was now geared to really be grateful for life, to really exactly. appreciate it. Exactly. To want to spread that light and that joy and that good vibe to every woman around me. Exactly. And who exactly. had stories to tell that were inspirational and aspirational. And, you know... I always say cancer is a great teacher. Cancer is a great leveler. Mm-hmm. And whatever situation you're in, it is not a crime to make the most out of it. Right? So people have said to me, how dare you talk about cancer that way? Cancer is so horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, believe me. My mm-hmm. husband died of cancer. It was mm. horrible. I
1: get, to get it. hear that.
2: I had cancer, I had the strongest form of chemotherapy for the longest I could take it, and radiation, and surgery, and, then and. And, wow. and I still came out of it saying, okay, I learned invaluable life lessons and I am now set up to do something, I don't know what, but do something to uplift my generation of women. And then I found podcasting and I found social media. And um, it was the best move I ever made. And I can't say that I would have made that move without having almost had my life taken away from me. So my next obviously huge obstacle was cancer, Mm -hmm. breast cancer. And um I'm in such a good place today and I just want to share it with others and spread the joy and I know that sounds corny but no no it's doesn't sound
1: percent sincere and true if that's corny Diane we need more corniness in the world <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the world needs more corniness if if that's something that's corny if the message of hope and and, and survival and tenacity is corny then you know what then I guess I'm pretty corny too because that's what this show is all about uh, Diane, <laughs> you you had obstacle after obstacle, but what I hear is you had chance after chance to quit and give up, but you did not. Yeah, you that's that's what I hear. You you had an opportunity to say, After my husband died, I could quit. Oh, after my body cool. changed, I could quit. After I began to age, I could quit. After you could no longer recognize yourself in the mirror, you could quit. But yeah. that's not what you did. You you used the and here's what you said. You said Travis, I had a I had a factory in Manhattan, and I went and I made me a pair of jeans. You looked around and used what you had. Yeah, you didn't say I'm oh too old. It is my body has changed. You didn't say nobody despite of other people's opinion of you, you looked around and used what you had. So part of your message, what I hear is. As we are aging, as women are aging, and their bodies are changing, and people are no longer looking at you the way they looked at you before, look around and use what you have. You, I hear, and this is what I'm getting: uh, that that women, women, you are gifted in more ways than you thought. You're gifted in more ways than society has labeled you with. That You're gifted. It. You are gifted with more ways that people have put on you. If you look around and use what you got. Am I close? Cause I think that's the message I'm hearing.
2: I think that is absolutely the message. And I, you know, I, I heard a story and it was so touching. And this, so the story was an older woman was losing her husband and he was in the hospital. She loved gardening. So she had a beautiful garden. So Every day she would go to visit him in the hospital and bring Uh him a little bouquet. And one day the nurse said, listen, um, he's had the bouquet for a couple of days and now you're bringing a new one. We don't want to throw these out. The flowers are so fresh. Do you mind if we take these down to the children's floor Mm. and cheer up some sick kids? So then she started bringing two sets of bouquets when she came to the hospital and she would drop one off on the child's floor okay and then her husband passed on but she didn't stop and she would bring bouquet every day to the hospital and the kids were so appreciative and the parents loved it then one day the head of the hospital contacted her and said you know your bouquets are so beautiful. We'd like to buy like 30 of them a week and put them in our refrigerator in our gift shop. Wow. And long story short, her business is now national. It happened organically, it happened out of something she loved to do that gave her a lot of comfort and satisfaction. It involved no corporate BS and layers <laughs> at all. And I think the woman is now like 86. Good so that you can never say you're too old. You're only mm. putting limitations on yourself. And since exactly. a lot of us are going to live to be close to 100, um, what are you going to do with the rest of your life?
1: That part now, right there.
2: I, I, I'm sorry, but you know, for me, I figured out pretty soon after I decided to walk away from television mm-hmm. that I was someone who had to be productive every day, who had to exactly. be useful, who had to have a bigger purpose and goal oriented. And when I put that all together, it did not spell retirement. It spelled
1: reinvention. Woo! <claps> guys, I told you. <laughs> don't let her hair fool you, guys. She hey, is, I
2: like my hair, Travis.
1: Is, she's not giving up, guys, on life. And that, that's what I'm hearing. And she's showing, guys, I don't know about you guys, but here, here's what I'm getting. All right. So people, if, if you think about a designer. And whether they use a machine to sew, or and back in the days they used to use their hands with a needle and thread to sew. All right. So if you think about a designer, they're used to u- they're used to using things and tools to help them stitch things together, stitch different fabrics together. And if you think about a designer, people can be similar to uh, what I call a needle. You know, like a needle and thread. Uh, people could be similar to a needle. By this, I mean we find ways to. Peace experiences and generations together. And while their message is kind of like the thread, the message is kind of like the thread. You certainly have been threading, uh, Diane, a message for women. Uh, what exactly is the message that you've been sharing with women that you because you are definitely a needle, and a needle goes from one fabric to the next fabric you're going from one generation to the next generation Jeans was the medium it was the the thread you and what the needle you've been piecing generations together that's what you've been you know, doing
2: It's funny, but um about eight years ago I won a fashion award and there was a party and I remember walking to the party down Fifth Avenue and then 57th Street in Manhattan uh, beautiful neighborhood and thinking, my God. My dream my dream come true when I was a little girl. I always wanted to come to New York and be glamorous and be a part of it. Right, right. And here I am. And I am part of the brightly colored yarn in the tapestry. Ooh, I like of that. An amazing. I city. see what you did there. <laughs> uh, and that was, yeah, I always thought of myself that way as part of a tapestry that told a story and what I would say to anybody who faces aging and if I, which you don't have a lot of choices here, um, (laughs) is rather than be terrified of it, because really the choices are die young or age, um, be very centered and realize and feel your talents and the things you love in life and how you would like to share it and form community because what what I'm trying to do now is take my sisterhood my silverella sisterhood mm-hmm. and form community so that we don't feel isolated so that we don't feel disposable so that we feel our voices Albeit maybe a group voice rather than singular voices can be heard. And we can get the respect and the opportunities we deserve, but we can't do it if we're silent and we got to band together. Yep. So I found my life's purpose, I found what was completely and totally appropriate Mm -hmm. for the age I'm in. And hopefully I'll be able to piece a lot of the parts together and stitch them down and form a beautiful tapestry like they did in the Middle Ages that tells a story. That's me.
1: Guys, I told you. I told you we're on the same page here. Did y'all hear how she was doing that? You worked that one. You worked that one. Yeah. I told you we're on the same page. Uh We worked that. I mean, look. And... and in what ways? Uh, I think we talked about you how you saw cancer as a positive yeah. to you, and it gave you an opportunity. I heard one of you say it's a gift. It gave you a gift because it allowed you to see just how precious life really is, and you begin to uh, you begin to think of life in different ways, a different perspective. Now, I got a question. Now, you wrote some books. You wrote a couple of books. They're really great books. Uh, your books are uh, too young to be old and good Gene. Yeah have inspired a lot of people a lot of people uh what was and I'm going to put those books here put one of those books here on uh, on the screen I'm going to take my face off the screen here yeah I'm going to do it
2: so I I guess okay so that was my first book And it was 10 Simple Truths for Feeling Great and Aging Agelessly. And then the second book, which just got published in um, December, is Too Young to Be Old. And that's about always being so active, so youthful, so questing, so questioning in your mind that you will never be old you will always be young and um that book the second book is really touching to me because the message is so dear to my heart you know i'm i'm creeping up there on 80 years old and people just have terrible assumptions of you that you're not doing anything that contributes to society anymore that you're not enjoying yourself anymore, that you're going through the winter time of your life. And none of that needs to be true. It's just, do you want to buy into society and a really, really old-timey vision of what aging is, or do you want to be a modern ager? And know that you've got plenty of years to go and you are going to make the most out of them. And no, I'm not telling you uh, that you're 20 anymore. And you got to get over the fact that life is not perfect anymore. I just get (laughs) up in the morning, two hours of sleep, out in Studio 54, up and at work at 8 a.m. And I looked perfect. Oh, That is not so true anymore. So you have to accept where you are, understand exactly. what your expectations are, and understand what your contributions might be and and go for it. And and one piece exactly. of advice. Everybody wants to tell you something when you grow old. Like you grew old and you grew stupid. Ah, don't do that. Or you should be on cruises all the time. I hate cruises. Or whatever it is. Just Plug out the chatter and really go deep into yourself and say, what do I want to do? What do I want to give? What do I want my legacy to be? And then start to get there. And you know what? It's such a great journey. I'm just, I, I have to say, out of all the periods of my life and periods of my life when. I was more agile and younger and healthier and could do lots of stuff. This is actually my favorite period of my life. My 70s, albeit having cancer, uh, my 70s have been the happiest years of my life.
1: Wow. Guys, can you hear that? She says... (laughs) Aging gone through, did not have the support of her family, did not have the support of where she came from. She said, But this is the happiest times of her life. Uh, guys, I don't know what to say because I told you she was great. I, I guess you guys didn't believe me at first. I told you, then Uh, I absolutely want to thank you, thank the wonderful Diane for being so much 20- fun, Travis. So you, much fun. You, I was fun. I learned. You really, you really changed my perspective on aging. As I age, I'm 54, so you really changed my perspective. And I started this podcast at 51. Uh, I actually, and most people, a lot of people don't know this. And I, my wife tells me I should say this more often. Um, Most people don't know this about me, but I wrote and self published a book uh, on Amazon, and it was a number one download, number one bestseller. No, most people don't know that. No, no, and I I I wasn't in my twenties. I was in my fifties when I did that. So you're never too old to reinvent. Never, I I never,
2: ever, ever use. That terminology. Yeah. If you said to me, do you want to budgie jump off of Mount Everest? (laughs) No, I'm out. I would say say no, but I wouldn't say I was. But I might be thinking to myself a little too (laughs) old to do that. But you know what? Leaving something I was number one at, leaving something I did for 30 years, leaving something I could have done in a coma and still been good um, was a little bit like bungee jumping off of Mount Everett. But you know something? It reinvigorated me. Uh, it made me believe more in me again. And and it was uh, as I see my podcast grow and as I see my book adopted everywhere. And I think to myself, damn right, girl. You, you took a chance right. and you, you did it. Did it. Yep, nothing
1: feels better. It's like winning in Vegas. <laughs> if you're going to take a chance on anything, I tell everybody this, if you're going to take a chance on anything, take a chance yeah. on yourself. Yeah, totally. uh, Guys, I want to thank the wonderful Diane Gilman for joining us today. Guys, life requires uh, each of us, uh, each of our experiences. It requires a lot of us and it requires expertise. experience. Sad ones and the good ones. So life requires all that. Our good times and our bad times. The unexpected and, yes, even the happy ones. Yes, we can discover ways to bring them all together. We can be a designer and stitch things yes. together. After all, we are in the designers of our own lives. And all it takes is for us to stitch it together. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank our very special guest, Diane Gilman, for joining us today. Guys, don't forget to tune in right here each week, every Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, to listen to the show. Or you can stream us from your favorite streaming platform, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Apple, Apple Music, guys, and so many more guys thank you for tuning in diane thank you for being a part of tmg Now, as always in party if you're gonna tell me something then tell me something That's good good oh my gosh we gotta go